Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. We've got a triple whammy for you this week as we look ahead to the Commonwealth Games, which of course get underway at the end of this month in Birmingham. As ever, a handful of Forces athletes will be there making us proud and you'll be hearing from three of those competitors later in the programme. Here's a taste of what to expect. This whole thing has just been a, a crazy, crazy ride, which I've just, I've just gone along with, really. My aim at the game is for a gold medal. Obviously, that's what everyone aims for. We're going otherwise. Gold, but um, also to enjoy it, enjoy the experience, enjoy being part of Team Scotland. I guess it's like a, almost a stepping stone in the right direction of what we can actually showcase of, you know, where we're at fitness-wise and uh, competition-wise. Of course, Jules, they're just a, um, a handful of a handful, if that makes sense. So, um, well, I thought, you were, I, I thought you were going to tell me who those people were. <laughs> I can tell you if you like. I was. Um, those are teasers on to it. But we, we heard from Chris Sherrington, who is a Royal Marine judoka. We heard from Meg Reid, who's an army boxer, and she'll be representing Scotland at the Commonwealth Games. And then Luke Pollard, who's an RAF triathlete, but he um, guides for the visually impaired athlete, Dave Ellis. So, um, ah, the Chain snappers, yeah. the chain oh, snappers. Don't say that. <laughs> That's really sad. That's like their worst nightmare happening yeah. at Tokyo Olympics. But yeah, you'll you'll hear more from them later. Um, and do you know what? Luke and Dave have not lost since they, that happened to them in Tokyo. So they're favourites um, for the title, uh, part, the visually impaired title out in um, in Birmingham, and um, they haven't lost. So I'm not. You know, I'm not saying it was a good thing, but it certainly spurred them on to to greater things. Um, now, someone, Jules, we sadly won't be hearing from ahead of these Commonwealth Games is Liam Sanford, a previous guest, of course, on Forces Sport. The RAF England and GB hockey player has been ruled out of the Games with injury. A statement from England Hockey said the news is incredibly unfortunate for Liam and a replacement will be announced in due course. Everyone at England Hockey wishes Liam well in his recovery. Now, Jules, this is sad news, but... It is. It is sad news. Despite that, I'm pretty sure Mr Sanford will have a massive smile on his face this weekend because he got engaged. No! (laughs) Don't do it, Liam! Don't do it! (laughs) I hope Mrs Evans isn't listening. Yes. Oh! (laughs) Is he he engaged to her? (laughs) No, her lovely name is... um, The name of the lovely lady, sorry, is Fran. And um, it was the power of Instagram informed me of the happy news. So huge congratulations to Liam. And I'm sure that softened the injury blow. Um, Now, Jules, you've been in hot water this week, not just with your wife, but um, tell us all Mm. about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I've caught a big week this week. Inter-services, diving and water polo. Uh, I went along to both, but it was the water polo that caught my eye because the army team capped a fine season in style by beating the other two services to win the Inter-Services Championships. They were held in Aldershot. Now, it's the first time the event has been staged since 2019, of course, due to the pandemic. (laughs) Now, the Army went into the tournament as defending champions, and they pretty much carried on from where they left off three years ago, recording a comfortable victory against the RAF before cruising past the Royal Navy 24 points to six in the deciding game and the army team also enjoyed success this season on the civilian circuit they won promotion to division three of the british water polo league and following this latest victory army skipper major nick covington paid tribute to the work and the dedication that's put them on the path to silverware 
Yeah, it's been a long slog. I joined the team eight years ago when it was very much RAF dominated. Uh, we brought in some fresh blood junior players and over the last sort of five years entering the National League, we've really progressed and have developed our squad. The fact that you are playing week in, week out and testing yourselves against civilian opposition really pays dividends in a tournament like this. Oh, definitely. And it shows the dedication of everybody involved. We have people travelling from all over the country, be that coaches, support staff and players, and that we come together as much as we can. Obviously the pandemic interrupted things, but you won it last time it was played and now you've retained it. You know, your thoughts as skipper to lead the guys to success? It's fantastic. It's such an honour that the management team have put this level of faith in me and um, yeah, just looking forward to the next generation of people coming through and somebody looking to kick me out of the chair. I see that some of the younger players coming through have international experience. They're part of that GB setup. That must give you an awful lot of heart. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Previously, we've had to find swimmers who were motivated and really keen, and we had to teach them. We're having guys come in that are fully blooded in, and they're just good to go. So where do you see yourself, and where do you see this team going now? Obviously, you've won that promotion next year, so a little bit harder for you. When does all that get underway? Uh, for me personally, I'll probably see myself moving onto the bench a bit more now. Some of these younger guys are coming in. As a team, we've got a big challenge. National League is shrinking, and we've got to secure our position in that league uh, this year. I think we'll do it. It'll be tough, but we've got plenty of training opportunities between uh, now and then to get ready for the competition. And, and just finally for you, you know, as captain, you know, the honour falls to you to pick up the trophy, to celebrate. What does it mean to you? You've worked so hard for all of this. It means a lot. It, it doesn't show the effort that was put in over the last couple of days. It shows the effort for the last 12 months. Um, it's, it's an honour and a privilege. It, it's something I relish every year that I get to do it. Hopefully many more. Have you ever so tried well water polo, Jules? Sorry. No. No, no, that's all right. No, well, I was going to say, well done to them. But no, I've never yeah. tried it. You, I, I suspect you did. No, I didn't. I just, um, I, but I did try and get myself out of the water. You know, the way that they sort of hover in that amazing way. Can't do it, obviously. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the hovering, I must confess. But uh, don't they use... Well, you know they, they, yeah, go on. When they, when they pass the ball, they sort of kick their legs oh, so that they are yeah. sort of, their midriffs are, they're up to their midriff. And yeah. like the, 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 the strength that... Me, that strength that takes in your core, which I sadly lack, um, it always looks very impressive. Like leaping salmon or dolphin. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean, good. especially the keepers. The keepers work extremely yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, but the hats look silly. But apart from that, it's all good. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be sure to pass that on. I was going to say, yeah, it was a busy weekend as well for Army Women's Rugby League players uh, that they secured a home semi-final in the Super League South competition that they've been in after they beat Bedford Tigers 56-18, battling the opposition as well as the elements. I should think that was an early start yesterday. Pitches down in Aldershot are rock hard at the moment. It was 28 points all at half-time. Uh, before the Army, you know, they kicked on with their sort of military fitness, if you like, in the second half. Great try from Ella Donnelly as well. So that means now that they've still got seven more of the rounds of the competition to play. Um, and up against next, they've got the Bristol Golden Ferns at the end of this month. Never heard of them, but uh, I'm sure they'll be a tough test. And the semi-final and the final will be played next month. And last year, if you recall, the Army narrowly lost out uh, in the final to Cardiff Demons. And so the, the Super League South competition is where they've ended up because they enter the sort of Challenge Cup early on, don't they? And they, they sort of... they. Do, when you don't get through at the elite level, they, they come down to like Super League South level. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but one uh, one other success, the Army mm -hmm. Rugby Sevens team were on the road. They were at uh, 
the home of Worcester, Worcester Warriors at the weekend, where they won that tournament. Uh, so well done to them. More silverware for the Army Sevens team. And Dee Bolacoro. Now, Dee has been playing for the Army Women's Sevens team this year, <laughs> as well as, of course, being a Netball Super League player. Well, she's been called up again by Fiji, and they've got their World Cup qualifying campaign underway this week. They're going to take on the Cook Islands, Samoa, Tonga, and tomorrow it all gets underway as Fiji play Papua New Guinea. So good luck to Dee and her Fijian teammates in that tournament. Hopefully they can make it all the way to the World Cup. That would be fantastic. Another forces athlete competing at the highest level. And um, you're right, you touched on it earlier, sort of um, just, you know, word of not even warning, but just everyone look after themselves this week. If you are competing in sport, um, yeah, make sure you do that early doors. I always remember in Cyprus, the um, you couldn't run along the cliffs until five in the evening. Do you remember that, Jules? Because um, it was two redders, as they would say. So you couldn't you couldn't run till five in the evening because it was considered I, I, too I, hot. I, I may have heard that, but of course that clashed with happy hour. So I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been doing anything quite so silly. Oh, you've changed. You've changed. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. Now, with the Commonwealth Games on the very imminent horizon, we wanted to introduce some of the forces athletes who'll be competing. I'm sure many of you have already heard of them, but always worth putting them in the spotlight again as we approach another major sporting event. First up is Royal Marine judoka Chris Sherrington, whose journey started many years ago. He's now 38. And when he started out, he just wanted to be a Royal Marines commando. But he's gone on to great success, winning gold at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Chris is competing in the heavyweight 100 plus category in judo. And he spoke to John Knighton, sadly over Zoom. So apologies for the patchy audio. The plus 100 kilogram category, it's it's basically like an open category. Anything over 100 kilo goes. Average weight tends to be about 120 to 160 kilograms. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting category because it's you get all different shapes and sizes and it can be quite extreme as well. So you, you have to adapt your judo to, to the player that you're on with, where in the sort of the tighter weight category, um, they all tend to be the same sort of shape and size and, you know, you can come up with an easier game plan. When you've got someone who's like genuinely, you know, 40, 50 kilos heavier than you, you you've really got to think about what you do because the, the, the weight really plays into it. And and tell us about the build-up that you've had, obviously the training programme that you've been involved with. I mean, you're still very much a Royal Marine, you know, you're based down there in Devon. So combining the two together, how, how's that uh, worked out for you? So my training coming into this, um it's been the best that i could give it um it's not been ideal i tried to make tokyo olympics and i broke both my acls and um i i I waited i got an operation done and and you know i literally i got signed off to be fully fit in january it's uh so since january since i passed all my military fitness tests and stuff i then threw myself into heavyweights all the conditioning that's judo-based and, and we've done the best we can. Um, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We've, we've made it to the race and, um, you know, it always comes back quicker. When, when, you've, when you've done it for so long, when you go back to it, it always comes back very quickly. So, like, I'm, I'm already up to 132 kilos and um, the strength's coming back. You know, all, all, my, all my gym 
sort of lifting weights are all coming back and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of soaring my way back up to the, the sort of strength heights that I was in 2014 or 2012. And um, we, we will be strong enough and ready on the day when it comes. Is that 2014 still the highlight for you, you know, winning that Commonwealth Games gold? Um, so my, my best result was actually in Cuba. Uh, it was the Havana Grand Prix in Cuba. Uh, that was my, my, my best result. And, um, but the problem with that was is I lost and got silver. And, um, and, and I, it was a horrendous experience for, for me because I genuinely ran out of things to do on the guy. He, just, he, just, he was just better than me in pretty much every way. And, um, and that, that sort of left a, a bad taste in my mouth for that result. But then you've got Glasgow, which everything went to plan. The crowd was spectacular. It was just, and obviously taking the gold, it was just, it, 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 for, for someone who, 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 I joined the Royal Marines to be a Royal Marine commando. I planned to be a corporal and then I planned to finish and retire. I had no aspiration to doing judo. I had no aspiration to go in the Olympics or the Commonwealth or any of this. This, this, this whole thing has just been a, a crazy, crazy ride, which I've just, I've just gone along with really. Now, in the Army and Scotland camp is boxer Megan Reed. She's delighted to be representing her country and her service. She'll be boxing in the 64 kilogram category. And thanks to Dave Civils McCann for getting this interview for us. Yeah, the fitness interested me in the boxing and also the discipline you need. Um, everyone thinks it's a sport where you just go in and try to punch each other's heads off, but there's a lot of. Um, technical skill involved and uh, a lot of discipline as well. I started off at regimental level with zero fights, um, boxed a girl again with zero fights, none of us had a clue about boxing um, and then from there I went on to win the army individuals and then I had trials for the army team, got onto the army team, done the English nationals and the Scottish nationals and then really just gained experience with the army team, club shows, and then got onto the um, Scottish national team and started getting my international experience with um, these guys. I've uh, been to three world championships now, won European championships and yeah, Commonwealth Games next. So it's really, uh, it's been a whirlwind and it's really exciting. You represent your country, so you're, I'm always gonna feel proud with that. And also uh, representing the army as well. It's, uh, it's very good. Uh, the army have been a great, great support. They've um, released me to train full time up with Scotland in preparation for the Commonwealth Games. I'm always keep in touch. The army boxing team as well. They're they're a great support. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just been great, brilliant. Uh, my aims at the game is for a gold medal. Obviously, that's what everyone aims for. We wouldn't go on otherwise. Gold, but um, also to enjoy it, enjoy the experience, enjoy being part of Team Scotland. And um, yeah, definitely hopefully get a medal. 60 kilograms is a, um, quite a competitive weight for the females division. So we have the Irish girl, Amy Broadhurst. She's current world championship champion. So um, she'll be my biggest threat. So I'll hopefully meet her further down the line. Uh, preparation's been great, spot on. Um, everything we've done the past year has been in, in preparation for the Commonwealth Games. We've done a lot of camps, a lot of competitions. Um, and yeah, so we're just putting the uh, putting the work in now and then ready for the for the games in a few weeks' time. I'd, I'd be absolutely buzzing. Even thinking about now, yeah, it would um, it'd be the highlight of my career. It'd be the peak of the career. So yeah, fingers crossed. 
I think I made a mistake there, Jules. Um, she is actually boxing in the 60 kilogram category, not 64. So um, great to hear from Meg Reed, and let's hope big things to come from her. But finally, we hear from Royal Air Force's para triathlete guide, Luke Pollard, who's teamed up again with visually impaired athlete Dave Ellis. The pair have had unheralded success over the years they've been together, but suffered their biggest disappointment last year at the Tokyo Paralympics, where the chain came off their bike and they therefore didn't finish the race. So much training and so much heartache, but they're hoping to put all of that behind them in Birmingham. They've been speaking to John. Yeah, it's uh, it's going really well. Um, looking forward to getting a bit of a bit of race racing in before commies, um, and yeah, I think it's. Training's going all right. Yeah, we've had a chance to uh, actually go over to the commies course and ride the bike and run the actual run course, which looks tough. So glad that we got a chance to do that. What, what do you make of that of the the area, having had a chance to go around and have a look? Yeah, the uh, it looks uh, a, pre- a reasonably tough bike and a really tough run. So I think it should suit us. Uh, I think it would be a hard race, and yeah, the fittest athletes should win on the day. And when you've done the, the cycle, obviously that you then got the run. Is it a different part of Sutton Park, or you know, do you, are you sort of going around in, in in sort of laps? So yeah, we're going out onto the streets of uh, Boldmere, um, where hopefully like great crowds will be there and uh, great home support. But then yeah, so the run is actually in Sutton Park itself, and yeah, it's looking pretty tough. But um, again, yeah, it's going to hopefully attract a lot of people there. Now, of course, you, you two have been together for quite a number of years now. The whole nation was with you back in Tokyo when that such an unfortunate uh, thing to happen for the chain to go on on your bike. Uh, and um, you know you were in such a great position, weren't you? Do, do you see the the Commonwealth Games really as a as a, a chance really to put things right, if you like? Uh, yeah, I think you know the Commonwealth, especially at home Commonwealth, it's, it's going to be exciting, and then. Obviously, yeah, pretty disappointed at Tokyo. So I guess it's like a, almost a stepping stone in the right direction of what we can actually showcase of, you know, where we're at fitness-wise and uh, competition-wise. How, how long did it take you to get over that, Dave? Because, you know, you work so hard, you you know, you train so hard, like here at, at Lovebury, you put the hours in, you put the days, the months, the years of training in, and then something like that happens. Yeah, it was pretty tough. I mean, to not even finish the race is... Uh, yeah, it's quite devastating, really. Um, but luckily for us, I think having uh, goals of Europeans and Worlds only weeks after kind of switched the focus straight away and we didn't have time to rest on our laurels. We had to get back into training, focus on the next race and do a good job there, so, which we did manage to do, so, yeah. So thank goodness for the Europeans, really. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, like, like Dave said, it was, it was only a couple of weeks after and we literally just switched on and then was like right this is this is another opportunity uh we can't let this get us down and uh yeah let's just let's just go for it and that was what 12 months ago so 12 months on you obviously you must have had in the back of your mind the fact that the Commonwealths were on the horizon too so that was another thing that immediately you had to aim for rather than having to worry about you know four years down the line and another olympics yeah i think um it's like what a what a bonus having uh having commies um and uh the visually impaired category involved in it so obviously it's a shorter cycle to uh to the next paralympic games but having the commies yeah it's a huge bonus and i, I want to ask you about that dave because obviously from you know from you know the disability point of view um to have the able-bodied championships and the visually impaired 
at the same time on the same venue. That, that's a massive step forward, isn't it, for for all a disability sport? Definitely. Uh, I think in 2018 was the first time uh, Commies was had para triathlon, and that was the wheelchair category. And to have have us this time is a real privilege as well. Uh, instead, or as well, um, but. Yeah, I think it sh- kind of shows what level of athlete we're at and all the rest of the athletes are at, and it'll probably showcase paratriathlon and what a great sport it is. Luke Pollard and Dave Ellis there speaking to John Knighton, and they showed their pedigree this weekend by winning the British Sprint Visually Impaired Triathlon. It was their third win in the Super 2022 Super Series, and they're, be- they're unbeaten since Tokyo, as I mentioned earlier. But this will be their first Commonwealth Games. They'll be competing at Sutton Park on the 31st of July, so get watching. And they're hot favourites to win the gold medal. Now, I know what you're thinking, Jules. There must be more. <laughs> it is true. We'll be hearing from more Commonwealth Games Forces athletes next week. So do keep listening to, well, as, to as us long here as I, on Forces as, yeah, as long as I press record, we'll have, we'll have more Forces. Yes, you're, you're off to see some more ju- judokas this week. A That's couple your... of judoka this week, yeah. Hopefully yeah. catching up with Sarah Hawkes from Northern Ireland. We've spoken to her on this programme before, but now a chance to actually see her in her Northern Ireland kit. And also Victor Ahavia from Ghana, hopefully catching up with old Victor. He's a veteran from previous Commonwealth Games, so it would be good to see how he is going into this uh, Games in Birmingham. There's a lot of excitement about this year's Commonwealth Games. Is it because it's a home Games? Because I feel as if the Commonwealth Games has slipped slightly. Obviously, track and field athletes' priorities go for... You know, you look at the Olympics and then the Worlds and then the Europeans. Does the Commonwealth Games, in in your eyes, still have that clamour, that that sort of that that prestige? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the Olympics, but I think especially because it's home games, and we've seen it happen with football tournaments. You know, with the Euro, the women's Euros on at the moment, it galvanises an audience that it wouldn't necessarily always reach if it was taking place in Australia and. You know, all the events were overnight and stuff like that. So the, the idea of a Commonwealth Games to me is, it's you know, it's sort of, it's basically, yes, it's smaller, but it's just as prestigious. And when you think about, um, you know, the amount of athletes that we get representing in the forces, um, there's only a, a few more that are representing at Commonwealth level that were representing at the Olympics and Paralympics yeah. last year. So um, Such a pity that shooting has slipped off its calendar. It's, there, yeah. there won't be the shooting element of it. Of course, Sam Gowan in 2018 did so well to pick up a bronze um, the Royal we, Artillery athlete, yeah, and obviously we spoke to him earlier. Well, the end of was it the end of last year, beginning of this year, and he was mm. he actually was saying he'd love to be back in the Commonwealth Games. So if it means that much to the athletes, then then you'd have to say that it, yes, you know, it's um it's definitely a worthwhile medal or competition to have been part of. Um, but yeah, like I say, we'll be hearing from more of our Commonwealth Games forces athletes next week, and we'll give you a sort of definitive list of hopefully who's competing, when they're competing, so that you can um, either get your TV TVs on or maybe make a trip up to Birmingham, Jules. Who knows? Keep an eye who, out for yeah, well, Ray well, Knighton. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know what you were watching this weekend, Jules. I'm I'm sure rugby came under it. Um, but I was very lucky to watch the England Australia game from the top of a, a peak in the late top district. of a peak. Oh, <laughs> Judith Chalmers, have you been away again? <laughs> yeah, just for a few days. But I didn't think I we didn't plan to sort of go out and 
watch rugby but it was on and we just started the walk and it was like oh you know we'll sit down we'll watch the first half I, it... I do find that those sit down walks are often the best walks <laughs> there was a lot of sitting down on this i think we spent the first two hours on our backsides um watching rugby but um when we got to that half time, I was like, oh, we'll watch 10 minutes more of the, first, the second half and see where we're at. And then we were there for another 40 minutes. But um, good to see a win for England. Though I'm not entirely sure they deserved it, to be honest. But um, a team that did deserve it was Ireland, 32-22 um, oh, against New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andy, Andy Farrell is doing such an amazing job with the Irish setup, isn't he? I wonder if, as, as England fans, do they, would they rather have somebody like Andy Farrell than than Eddie Jones but Eddie's the man you've got to see you through mm. to the World Cup well done yep. to, to Ireland it's probably got to be the hardest place not just to win a test match but to win a series it's got yeah. to be New Zealand one of the toughest and things I should think in the sport another piece of sad news coming out of Wales is that Ryan Jones their former skipper oh uh, yeah 75 caps for Wales is another rugby player that has been diagnosed mm. with early onset dementia we've we got to get a hold of this. This is serious stuff. So hopefully all these laws that are coming in to protect the players will, we will see fruit and, and see players better protected. But uh, really sad news for Ryan. Only 41. Got a young yeah. family as well. So, And I've, I've, I've met the guy several times. He used to mm. play with Matty Dwyer. Do you remember the army hooker? Yeah, Matty yeah, Dwyer? yeah. Well, they were teammates at Ospreys and Ryan came down to a couple of games for the Welsh Guards, of course, who, who Matty represented. And then I met Ryan uh, um, at a fixture in Cardiff when, when Wales were playing. Top guy, can't wish him enough with everything and his family with what's to come in the future for him. Yeah, he has. Um, he's done a few events for Rugby for Heroes as well. And he's a real, I mean, I know it's a, it's a classic line, but he's very down to earth. He's very sort of one of the boys, um, mucks in. Um, so let's hope that, you know, his journey which he's about to start on, um, you know, is, is a sort of one of recovery anyway. And, um, you know, we, we wish him the best. Uh, I see the I, Claret Jug is heading down under. Oh, man. Oh, I'm oh, more disappointed. Well, I'm just so disappointed with... I'm not disappointed with Rory McIlroy. I'm disappointed because I called it. I said he fades on the last day and he only faded in the la on the last couple of holes. But there were a couple of birdie opportunities that he had he bogeyed uh, you know when he oh, I just I know he's got the skills um and it was and I'm not in any way um playing down on Cam Smith because he had a, an incredible back nine but oh so disappointed for Rory McIlroy so disappointed but um how much of the I mean I I watched the ODIs Jules, but um, what really caught my attention this weekend was the the blast final. Did you see um, the end? Of I the did Hampshire? see the kerfuffle at the end with the fireworks <laughs> going off and everybody celebrating, only to find out that it was a no ball. You've got to come back and do that one again. The commentator um, was like, "There's smoke everywhere. They can't even see the ball." Well, I, um, yeah, yeah, and of course it's a free hit, and they needed they needed three from that last ball, and it was uh, what Richard Gleeson was on strike, um, but um, he couldn't manage it, and in the end. So Hampshire <laughs> beat Lancashire. So yeah, well done, to, well done to Hans. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the man in the middle. Do you know who that was? The um, umpire for that game. Uh, no, it was, what? No, the man in the middle. I thought you were yep. going to go into a Michael Jackson routine. <laughs> no, who's, man, who's the man in the middle? Graham Lloyd, Mini Bumble, Mini Bumble, as they call him. Yeah. So um, 
Yes, the great David Lloyd's son, Graham Lloyd, uh, was was officiating in that game in the blast. Um, athletics, talking about greats, um, well, Dina Asher-Smith finished fourth in the 100 metres with Shelly-Anne Fraser-Price winning a record fifth women's 100-metre world title. She's 35 and she's the fastest woman in the world. Um, the, the World Championships, uh, World Athletics Championships in Oregon. Um, and she completed a Jamaican clean sweep of the medals in that race. But um, wow, she's she's quite some woman. Um, the women's Euros this week, England have Spain um, in the quarterfinals. Um, sort of a first proper or, or, test, I think. Or it could be last week, depending on when you listen to this broadcast. Absolutely, yes. Um, it'll be at some point this week that you're listening to it. Um, if you're listening to it at six months' time, you'll have to go down the archive. So, well, you, you'll know you'll know the answer before we do. Yeah. Um, anything else you're looking ahead to, Jules, this week? Um, obviously, you've got the Jadokas, um, but it's going to be of a, a bit of a hot one. So um, possibly. Yeah, and then it will start raining, and we'll all complain about that. <laughs> Exactly. It'll start raining the day I go on holiday. I can guarantee that for a start. But um, so that is it from Forces Sport for another week. Please do email us at forcesport at bfbs.com with any suggestions on future guests, any events you think we should know about. We are, of course, open to all kinds of feedback. We just want to know what's going on and how we can cover it. Don't forget, you can listen again to the weekly Forces Sport programme at bfbs.com slash podcasts or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast just search for forces sport the whole back catalogue is on there plus you can also view the full interviews on the bfbs sports show youtube channel forces.net is a place to go for the latest results and action so do keep an eye on our social channels bfbs sport and forces news across twitter instagram and facebook goodbye from me and from jules for another week thank you for listening and we hope to see you out in the forces sporting world this week stay cool <laughs>